three, four. The common counterpart. Welcome back to The Common Counterpart. I am your host, Mark. And I'm Josh. And Josh, we are back, baby. Yes, we are. I'm kind of excited. Uh, we got a, a topic that you and I can speak to personally. And it's a left fielder. Yeah. Because we were doing agriculture in Africa. Right. And we decided to flip the script. So if you're hanging with us, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're traveling light speed and you never know. Right. You never know what you're going to hit. We're, we're still sort of sticking with the haves and the have-nots. I think that's going to be the theme for this entire place, right? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that, if, yeah. If, if, it was, if, if it was a you know a movie with the slogan, it would just be Earth. The haves first, the have-nots. Earth. Earth. Haves, have-nots. We could uh, sell that to BBC, Discovery. Spielberg. Absolutely. Get Will Smith in like there, a, like a death match. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's everything. You know, it's mm -hmm. I, I literally mentioned it to class today. Haves have nots. So, uh -huh. yeah, we're still on that, but we are um, kind of going a little bit more general. And I don't really have a a uh, a story map for how we're doing this. It's just right. kind of looking at a list of things that we both have um, ideas about and topics about, and then just kind of moving forward with right. really that umbrella only being haves and have nots and modern day situations right so we're gonna try this out and see how this goes I, let's give it a shot yeah so we are moving away from africa and really looking at a much more general i was gonna say universal but that's not even true either not every culture um engages in this activity right. uh and we're talking about marriage <laughs> i feel like i needed to follow I was that waiting. Up. I, was I feel like i needed to follow that up really, really quickly to drop the ball yeah right. we would have almost had to go to the explicit category <laughs> um which is the clean show family show uh, yeah, we're talking about marriage today. Yeah, but not just marriage, but why aren't people getting married? Yeah, the, the change in marriage landscape. Right. Right. Not the, you know, we could have another conversation of the sanctity of marriage mm -hmm. and why we think it's significant. And I know that we both have thoughts on that. But what we're really focused on is, again, this look at universally, meaning the entire world we're seeing a huge radical shift mm -hmm. in terms of overall marriage numbers. Yeah, down, down, dropping, drastically. Dropping. Yes, right. and in areas where this isn't really hasn't really been seen before, mm -hmm. it, it it could also be a drop in marriage numbers or just this um, indifference towards the idea of marriage. Right. Yeah, and you know uh, it's interesting because uh, you and I are about a generation ish apart. I yeah. Mean, decade plus. Um, I come from a broken home. Your folks are married. Yep. Uh, and w when I've talked to my buddies, just, you know, you know, why do you get married? Why do you choose to get married in your 20s, your 30s? Or I got some guys in their 40s. They still have never been married. They're saying they're waiting for that girl. And I'm like, dude, you think you're going to find one? <laughs> right. At this <laughs> in point. Your, in your 40s? I mean, right. Aren't, aren't the good ones taken? Pickens be slim. Yeah. Um, and you know it, and we, you and I have both identified that marriage is one of those things that it has religious significance, cultural significance, financial, uh, communal, government. I mean, everybody sort of has 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 taken the, the marriage pie, and sort of wanted to carve out a piece for themselves. And so when somebody says they get married, I mean, I've had friends say, "Well, I, I need a tax break." <laughs> 
yeah, and that, you know, to someone who values marriage on a spiritual level, mm-hmm. sounds really superficial yeah. and kind of um, dilutes the really the meaning of it. And yeah. That doesn't dilute my marriage, but just right. the idea of marriage in general. Right. Yeah. The, the, the idea that, uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm eating this uh, uh, chocolate ice cream for sheer sustenance, and I'm not going to enjoy it. Right. And you and I are coming from the same page, sort of the Judeo-Christian, spiritual, cultural, family dynamic. Uh, but there are there's a growing trend, not only in America, but in the world of uh, marriage as entering into a marriage that is convenient for their selfish wants. Yeah, and it, it, it's hard to say, like, to say selfish is such a, yeah. uh, it's super negative, Yeah, right? right? And I don't maybe know of the best word to say, but it people are, are seeing marriage now as getting in the way of them accomplishing what they want. And I don't, dot, dot, is, dot, yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's selfish. It's just a shift in priority mm-hmm. w- would maybe be what we're thinking. Yeah. And I know that some are viewing marriage as really old school, very traditional, kind of unnecessary 2021. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. We can still have a relationship. We can do this. We can raise a family. We can do all these things. I mean, this this conversation would not be happening 50 years ago. No. You know, especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. That you know, you go back to the 50s and you think about the cookie cutter, you know, two and a half kids plus a dog mm-hmm. and a picket fence. That that was it. Yeah. And, and you were doing that early. Mm-hmm. You know, I was married early. Me too. 21. Uh, I was 23. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even now, that trend seems to be like, you know, your 30s is absolutely fine and, and good. And people mm-hmm. are thinking, man, how were how did you get married in your 20s? Right. That seems like you didn't even know what you were doing. And well, I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't, I, right. I can absolutely say 1,000% sure. Mm-hmm. No, like, you were ready to get married? And I was like, no. Right. I, I, I don't think that I was. Like, looking back at it, honestly, like, there were some things that I definitely, you, you live those 20s out mm-hmm. with somebody, but I wouldn't change it. Right. Like, those are fun. The 20s are, are you, know, you always tell me the 20s are awful. I told you and, that? Yeah, and the 30s are not much better. Uh, What's I, your sweet spot? You tell me this all the time. What was my sweet spot? What's the sweet spot? I'm hoping age? it's in my 50s. No, you told me your <laughs> 40s are the sweet spot. So the 40s were nice. Um, so let me back up. A buddy of mine told me, he and I were like getting together for breakfast and he and I were telling each other the exact same sort of grind. And he goes, well, I've been doing some reading and uh, actually like Western men in, in their early 30s are at their absolute burnout phase. You probably are you know, getting far enough into your, your career where you're working hard, but you're probably not making the money you deserve. You probably have two kids. It's entirely possible your spouse either never went to work outside the home or decided to quit the second job to raise the kids, and you are burning the candle at both ends. And when he told me that, I'm thinking, that's, that's me. That's your 30s. And I told my buddy, Jason, I said, when, when does it get better? And he goes, it, it, in your 40s. Um, and, but then again... But I'm, you're in that now. I'm in that so now. So now, what do you say? You're looking towards the 50s. I, you know, the older I get, yeah. Like you, well, I was joking earlier. Like I'm, I'm ready to sit on a porch, smoke my cigar, and yell at kids. Like get off my lawn. Right. I don't know why that seems so exciting, but I, I can see it. And I here's the thing though, I can do that as a married man, but if I'm a single, grumpy old man, that's weird. Well, you're just super grumpy. 
And the reason right. why you're that way is because you never found a wife. Right. So, I mean, there are always these these social pressures, right? Mm-hmm. To Social pressure to get married. Mm-hmm. Social pressure to find, you know, the one or mm-hmm. the perfect spouse or your your other half, right? Mm-hmm. And that's perpetuated through, mo- from, through movies and television and putting all, you know, Hallmark cards and all of these things mm-hmm. that realistically what they're saying is your life will not be complete until you find your spouse. And it's the one. The, there's only one. Eight. I don't know how pe- I, I don't know how we all find it. Uh, yeah, I must have been very good at what I was doing. Yeah, or I mean, a guy like yourself, the the list could have been so long sure. for you to have and your post- yeah post- potential spouse. Right. I mean, yeah. goodness, my wife's so lucky. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but that's that's the that's the narrative, uh-huh. and I think that people started to realize like, wait a minute, that is not true. Mm-hmm. I I don't need anyone else. I'm good enough with just myself. This is my life. Mm-hmm. I have this, this, and this I want to do. I'm realizing that life is short. I'm also seeing what happens when you have kids. And from mm-hmm. the outside in, I mean, there are some times where parenting looks terrible. So do you remember either being single, dating, married, without kids, and you're sitting in that restaurant, and there are these terrible kids, and the terrible parents are not properly disciplining the child? And you're thinking to yourself, when I have children— I will never permit my children to behave this way publicly. Absolutely. And then seven years later, there you are with your with your with your wife and your kids, and you get that look from that cocky twenty year old kid looking at you like, dude, can you please control your children? Dude, I'm I'm telling you that that thought was so real to me that it is burned into my brain, mm-hmm. and I I do not have those. I did not have those kids. It took everything. I um, we didn't go out. We're not going out. We're just not gonna do it. And, I, like I'm not gonna ruin somebody else's meal because I I can picture my restaurant where this uh, happened to me many times and I'm like, dude, if you don't quiet that child, uh-huh. uh huh, local or south? Uh, I think this was in Bakersfield. Okay, I think, but I had many occasions and I am so self conscious of that. So mm-hmm. anytime my kids' nose even wrinkled a little bit, like uh-huh. a cry was coming. We're getting out of the booth and we're going outside. Right. And th- we had many of those, the trips right. outside and then coming back in. Because that's exactly right. When you're not in it, mm-hmm. it all looks terrible. And again, society, shows, movies, they play off of this, mm-hmm. you know, how terrible parenting is. And let's right. make movies and, and f- make jokes about what it's like to be a mom or a dad and mm-hmm. realize that your life is now over and all you have is raising kids. And that's the only thing that you're obsessed with. And so you're looking at that like, yeah, why would I want that? Right. They're not going to do the the other part of it, yeah. the great part, because to be honest, that's kind of a harder story to tell. See, and I, so the, the wife and I, she loves the the stereotypical rom-com, romantic comedy, and it's tension, and they, they, they work it out, obviously, and then there's that moment where, you know, and, and, and they live happily ever after, and, you know, you see these people in their 20s or 30s work it out, and then the movie's over, and you can tell yourself, and they lived happily ever after, and you and I both know that it, every relationship you're in is challenging, and it, and marriage is no different. Raising children would be no different. Um, I, even as a young kid, as a product of divorce, I wanted to have a family, and I knew it was going to be messy, and I knew I probably didn't have all the daddy skills down, but I wanted to be a dad, and I got lucky enough, blessed enough to, to marry the right woman, 
and we've had the highs and the lows and the scars to prove it, and yet in regards to marriage, I wanted to be married and wanted to be committed to marriage the way some people want to be committed to a career, the way some people want to be committed to freedom. I mean, I've got, I've got buddies who don't want to be held down by a spouse, or they like the idea of having four or five girls on the side. That's their value. Um, but for me, I always, I knew I wanted to be married. I, I was only going to get married once. Divorce wasn't an option. And I wanted to raise a family. And as you're talking about the messy part of raising kids, I, I look back at some of the most terrible episodes of me and, and one of my daughters and the discipline and the, and, and the sorting things out. And yet I, I look on, on those moments and I just laugh. It is so much. It, it is so funny to, to to sort of relive some of those memories. Yeah, and I think that you know, in a sense, I'm not. I I don't want to come out and and say that everyone needs that, right? Because it's not true. Mm-hmm. But what we're looking at here is why is this taking place, mm-hmm. and 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 what's the consequence of this? Yeah. Because on a local on 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 a micro level, the consequence is small. Right, mm-hmm. my buddy's not going to get married. Okay, right. That's that's fine. But that like, al- society's not gonna mind. But that also used to mean my buddy's not gonna have kids either. And that has also changed that, too a yeah, little bit. Yeah. And I think that you know, in terms of societal norms, that's become a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have you know, there's a lot of adoption taking place and mm-hmm. and, and things too. And so you know, the the family dynamic is definitely shifting. Mm-hmm. But on a macro scale, what happens when people are not getting married. So that's a great question. So I, when I look at marriage, there has to be a significant reason to do it. Um, it can be comp- entirely selfish. I just want to. I just want that person right now, and I think I want to spend the rest of my life with them. Or it's uh, it's expected culturally, religiously. Um, I've met some people who have said. Dude, I'm I'm in my mid thirties. If I don't snatch up a, a spouse now, I'm never going to get one. They feel obligated, um, and I do think there's an old school vibe. My parents did it. My grandparents did. I have to do it. When people choose not to get married, like you said, it it's it's not a noticeable difference initially, and then all of a sudden we realize there are less kids, there are more people without children. And you're having a conversation with somebody, and as you're talking about being a parent, they have no idea what you're talking about. And they're not even remotely interested in, 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 in having that conversation. They want to talk about vacation. Well, they took a different path. They did. But, which, I th- which I think for, this, for, for their sake, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But when you get this to start spreading, mm-hmm. and you get this idea to start becoming romanticized, of of not getting married of not, or or not having kids. Okay, I think that I, I I do need to be clear that I'm I am equating that when you are getting married, you will have children. Mo- yeah, for the sense of this conversation, yeah. right? And so the change occurs when you start romanticizing this idea that we could get married and we could be us, mm-hmm. and it's all about us. And now we have two incomes. And now we don't have to worry about babysitters and we don't have to worry about the kids things and mm-hmm. college and all of these things. So all of our money can be us. And there are people that are making tons of money on Instagram that are doing this travel thing where mm. we're not going to have kids and everything's going to be about us. And we're going to use people's envy towards us mm-hmm. to get followers, to get ads, to get all of these things. And it's it's working, right? Because sure. as, me as, as someone 
you know, in my mid thirties, I look at this and think, did you say mid thirties? I know I am getting there in my <laughs> mid thirties. And, and I say, man, I would love to be that couple who's on the shores of Bora Bora right now. And, you know, uh -huh. in this glass bottom boat, but I have two kids, a career and all of these things at right. home. I'm just going to live vicariously through them. And and so you, you're you're beginning to shift what's taking place and what people are valuing. People value themselves. It's the easiest thing to value. Mm -hmm. They're selfish by nature, mm -hmm. in my opinion, and so they're always going to want to take care of themselves. But when that kick when that catches on and catches on and catches on, you know, we both teach a concept in our classes, but we teach it a little bit differently. And we're looking at you know the demographic transition model. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Right, and so when for those for those, for all who are not familiar with this, unless you're in our classes, you know who you uh, are. this demographic transition model, as countries, you know, as they begin to evolve, there are some characteristics that we are seeing in terms of the birth rates and the death rates of mm -hmm. people that are living in these countries. They're um, reliant upon access to education and medicine and, you know, what they're able to do for a living. But it all kind of morphs together. And, mm -hmm. and what you want to get is to kind of the top of the mountain where you have very controlled birth rates, right? Right. And you want that death rate to be low but stable. Right. Longer life expectancy, the whole thing. Well, and that's the – so um, in, in a lot of the, the reading I've done sort of away from this conversation, historically people had children, got married – because marriage unified families, it, it created some sort of stability amongst a village or an area. Maybe it was to consolidate power. I mean, the idea of romantic marriage, love marriages is, is a relatively new concept, right? Entertainment and, really brought that on. Yeah, so it was more about convenience right. and, and necessity. Yeah, I mean, the idea that 100 years ago, there's a guy, there's a girl, hey, let's, let's tie the knot. And, and We want our families to come together, right. so we're going to do this thing. Um, but now, uh, uh, now that, like you said, birth rates, death rates dropped. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, you don't need eight kids. You need two kids. And we're not working on the farm anymore, so I really don't need the kids to help me make a living. I'm going to send the kids off to, the, to, to school. Unfortunately, mom and dad have to work extra hard to provide for braces and soccer. The, the, the big thing that I've noticed, because I just finished a book by uh, 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 a doctor by the name of Atwal Gawande, and he's got like four books. He's a medical doctor, and it's called Being Mortal. And he talked about how just in the last 30, 40 years, um, people don't feel compelled to get married or have kids because they don't need their children to take care of them anymore. There are services that do that. So as you get older, um, I don't need my children to take care of me. I'm just going to go take my, my savings and, and, and check into a nurse uh, uh, retirement, facility. retirement facility. Yeah, and that, but that's also a very Western idea. Yeah. And I think that's what's beginning to shift, and that's what's causing people to be scared. So in, in the West, right, and by West I mean, you know, United, let's look at the United States. Mm -hmm. When you get old, you think, where am I going to put my parent? Or sorry, when your parent gets old, where am I going to put them? What am I supposed right. to do with these options, right? I can't take care of them. I have my own family to take care of. Right. I have this, this, and this. In almost every other society and culture, they actually move in with you. And I actually like got a little anxious just now you, with you saying that. That's what they're supposed to do. And, 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 and there's a part of me that wishes I wanted my parent. It's definitely not the societal norm. No. And it's also the idea that that's, you know, that's going to intrude on my space. Mm -hmm. It's going to intrude on my life, right? This idea of, and, and we're losing this too in the West, that, that 
age brings wisdom. We yeah. don't revere old people like they do in other in other areas of the world. The yeah. Japanese revere the old people. It's not go sit over there, don't make any noise. Mm-hmm. No one wants to hear your gibberish anymore. It's we're crowding around to hear the wisdom that only comes with age. We is don't it, have that. So is the whole idea of, of, the, of the old wise sage, and you're saying Japan, um, from your curriculum and some of the you know, research you've done, is that typical around the world uh, of, of, of young 20-something-year-old people uh, focusing on career and, and parties and TikTok, whatever they're doing, but then they'll pause and want to sit and listen to and respect and honor the, the 60, 70, 80-year-old it's hard. I mean, we definitely see it in Latin cultures. We see it mm-hmm. in Asian cultures. Mm-hmm. We see it in African cultures. Um, I think that where you get a little bit off the mark would be Europe um, and then really in the United States. I mean, we're kind of an anomaly in that way. And, and, and so back to the demographic transitional model, it seems like this move away from marriage and even having kids seems to be sort of a consequence of prosperity. It absolutely is, and opportunity. And I think opportunity is the right word. Um, and so, so, but even with those opportunities, uh, don't you think we also sort of move away from some of the uh, old school, uh, old fashioned traditions? Um, yeah, we do. It's it's an evolution of society. I think mm-hmm. it's it's a necessary, um, it's the necessary evil that comes with that. You know, we can we could have stayed like we were in the eighteen nineties, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get all the new stuff you have now. Right. So as a consequence of this evolution, it's like, hey, just so you know, like, this is what's going to happen. Obviously, you don't know this hindsight. But if 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 we're going to start chasing careers, something has to suffer. You can't do everything and you can't do it all at one time. Mm-hmm. So as we start looking at and it's funny because when you look at other countries around the world, they actually refer to it in the words as to how many working people are taking care of the elderly retired people. It's actually okay. a ratio of, okay. of, of, of how, many, how many people that are in the working class does it take to support a retired person. Okay. Because the, what they're thinking is looking at the future. The demographic transition model works really well when you look at what's going to happen. What mm-hmm. are you trending to do in the next 50, 100, 150 years? These changes take time. Right. We're seeing this even with you know policies like the one-child policy to two-child policy and all the things that are taking place in these overcrowded countries. You're not going to solve the problem in three months, in three years. Right. It takes a life. It takes a lifespan. It takes mm-hmm. a generation to move through. So when we start looking at this demographic transition model, if you if if you picture a mountain and four is at the top, five is when you actually start rolling back the other. You roll, roll down the other side a right. little bit, and you start getting death rates that are higher than birth rates. So what's taking place is that people are dying faster than they're being born because they're not that's not that's not something that is seen as a priority. Right. And and when when we say death rate cuz I've always had trouble helping students understand this. A a high birth rate isn't necessarily a good thing and a no. low death rate isn't necessarily a, a a good thing either but in this model you're looking at people dying late, much later in life, not from cholera or, or malaria, but from old age. And then you're also looking at a, at a lower birth rate because fewer children are being born because you don't need eight children to guarantee that at least three of them survive to work the farm. 
Correct. In this model, you do not want high birth rates. It's slow growth mm-hmm. and, or, or maintaining status quo is really what you're looking for, yeah. unless you have a population that's overcrowded. Mm-hmm. So when you look at China and you look at India and you look at some of these places where we have massive population booms, they're trying to find ways to drop that birth rate. Right. That would be through contraception. That would be through education. That would be through providing opportunities for women outside the home so that they're yeah. not just seen as birthing machines, right, for all of the you know things in society. So, but what we're seeing when that number actually drops. Which number? The, when, when we're seeing that the birth rate number is going negative. Yeah. That what ends up happening, it doesn't sound like it's a bad thing. No one would think like, oh, you know what we really need on this earth is more people, right? Most <laughs> right. most most people, even when you look at it from the outside in, think, gosh, the world's too crowded. Right. We need less people. And And when you think about resources on a very surface level, I get it. It kind of makes sense. But what happens now is you fast forward and these people are beginning to retire. Mm-hmm. People are not being born fast enough to replace the people that are retiring. And to pay into a tax system. That will help support the older it. generation. Right. That's a major issue. Mm-hmm. And people don't see it coming. And the best population you know, specialists that are looking at this are t- telling the governments, listen, you guys need to start having more kids or mm-hmm. this system is going to collapse in itself Does- or, you're, or you're losing those jobs. And, and what's so bizarre to me why in the world would a government step in to tell people who have been encouraged to produce financially? Now the government's coming back and saying, oh, crap, we focused too much on your financial production and tax base. Now we actually need bodies. We need you to make babies. Uh, because if you don't make babies, we're going to have to uh, bring in uh, uh, folks from other countries. Yeah, immigration's going to gonna have to increase. Um, and that creates an entirely different problem because – different cultures, that tribe mentality, you know, Mm -hmm. new folks. Well, it's that, you know, that, I think it's a book or something where they, there was an infestation of something. Uh And so they brought in an animal to eat. I'm probably butchering this super bad, but there was like a bug or something. And so they, they, they bring in the frogs that are supposed to eat the bug. Yeah. And then the frogs get overrun. So they bring in whatever comes in and and you just keep making more problems Mm -hmm. For the, but you're solving a problem, but you're fixing a problem. So to say, listen, we can just bring in immigrants. Right. This is great. Immigrants will work for way less. Mm-hmm. They don't expect as much. Mm-hmm. This is going to be awesome. And it's typical that folks migrating into a country that offers prosperity are still wanting the, 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 the traditional marriage, parent, you know, parent-child family dynamic. Well, all they want is the economic opportunity. Right. That's but, their main focus. Right. But would you agree then that a lot of times when immigrants move into a country that offers prosperity, they're still making babies? They are following the culture that they came from. Mm-hmm. It, it take, Like I said, it takes a generation, even mm-hmm. to assimilate, it takes a generation to figure that stuff out. Right. And so they're coming in and, and they're doing the economics of the whole thing. And what they're going to have to worry about is when there is nobody around – what are you supposed to do with these industries that have kept your GDP up for all this time? Mm-hmm. All that your country has been producing is now gone. You don't have an automotive industry anymore because you don't have anybody to run it. Right. And now that's gone and going somewhere else. So country governments do get involved. Right. And they do have policies the exact same way that we oftentimes look at the, limit, the limited, right, the one-child policy, mm-hmm. most probably famous yeah. um, 
China, right? China. Yeah. Most famous probably policy in existence. And a lot of times because it's a little bit misunderstood and you always get the outliers of you know what is taking place. But there are other countries who are, are seeing this saying, guys, in 50 years, in 100 years, if we don't fix this, we're going to have issues. Mm -hmm. And so they create what we call pronatalist policies which is in opposition to antinatalist policy. So okay. antinatalist, less kids, pronatalist, more kids. Okay. And so they'll do things like give you tax breaks if you have more kids. They'll do things like say that we will pay for your kid's education if you have more kids. It's, it's all that they can really do, right? right? You really can't force someone to have more kids. But you can provide incentives yeah. to make that, to ease the burden mm -hmm. of having children if that was one of your concerns. Well, and, and, and back to sort of the original conversation is, why aren't people getting married? Do they think it's an outdated uh, uh, institution? Do they want to focus on career? Do they want the freedom? And then if, if, that's, if there's somebody who doesn't want to focus on an adult spouse, I would imagine they're not even worried about having kids. No, because that, again, is going to get in the way. Right. They'll just spoil the nieces and the nephews. Right. So at that point, one of the things that kind of concerns me and is we're looking at cultures, I think America is kind of teetering here, uh, where, where we have this sort of millennial, is that the right, is, are they millennials? Is that the, the? Gen Z. Gen Z? No, millennials. Millennials? I'm Gen Z. No, I'm millennial. I don't really know. I think I'm Generation X. Yeah, I think I'm a millennial, and okay. I think the Gen Z is after, the, uh, after is, me. Are there Zoomers? Is that a? No, I don't think that's right Okay, yet. But there's this, this you know, the, the, the millennial snowflake yeah, entitled sure. sort of vibe. Um, but if they don't want to get married, don't want to have kids. Um, so I, I think there's kind of a deeper root in that. We, we, we no longer share a common culture where we value the nuclear family. Um, I think you and I both kind of, you know, we, we, we know that family is not just mom and dad and kids, you know, as, as we've seen it traditionally on, on you know, TV. But there's also sort of that, that, that what do you want to say, fluid family, right? The, the, the neighbor kids and the... And, yeah. And, the and I think, I think that people are, are finding that to be, you know, more true mm -hmm. now than ever. This idea that you do have your, your biological family, mm -hmm. but you also have the family you choose. Right. And, and in, in doing so in some of these areas, I'm, I'm looking primarily at what we're seeing in areas like China, um, areas like South Korea, areas like Southeast Asia. Okay, you told me, you told me something crazy, like South Koreans... On, on not, not not having kids, not even not getting married. Just they're not even interested. It and a lot of that. Well, I shouldn't say all. Right, there's never an all or everything. But a lot of South Koreans are very focused on their education and their career, mm -hmm. and if, especially women. And if you think about it, and this is a whole other po podcast that we can do. Women are in the worst situation. Their prime years of their growth educationally in terms of their career mm. are reserved for having kids. They, they overlap. They overlap. Yeah. The, that that tw early 20s to early 30s, mm -hmm. that, think about what would happen if someone took away your early 20s to early 30s and say, okay, now you're 35. I want you to hop back out and, and compete with everybody who didn't do that. And, and make the money. And, and make the money. Yeah. And, and have the same experience, have the same references, mm -hmm. and do just as good. It's impossible. Okay. And so what is taking place is, again, with economic opportunity, like we're talking about, South Korea, these, these, um, ec these economies are booming. Got it. And they are taking a lot of time, and they're saying, "Listen, we're just we're doing our own thing here. Mm -hmm. And if I have my friends that are doing their own thing, well, then right. life is good, mm -hmm. right? And you're a product of that environment, and that's what you're seeing. 
the the concern is going to be that unless the economy shifts fast enough and unless the government can recognize and shift fast enough, you're going to find a breakdown in this cycle that we've relied on for so long that human capacity and human beings are what fuel our economy. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't have them, mm-hmm. well, you better fix either the economy or the people right. or the, or your country that took hundreds of years to build up is right. going to be reduced back down again. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting. I was reading this article about this new type of marriage that exists in China. And what they're doing is essentially um, taking a marriage and not living together, living separate. So the wife will live with her own family and mm-hmm. one of their children. And the groom will live with his family and one of their children. And this is a big argument. I don't know if you have, you know, your daughter's kids maybe or friends maybe talking about mm-hmm. this, this idea like, you know what, I don't want to get married until I'm financially set. Or, oh, yeah. or I don't want to get married until my career's, you know, really mm-hmm. where I want it to be. Now for older people, and this is really easy for us to do because we're not there anymore, but I, you know, I always say you're never going to be financially ready. That's what I was going to say. Right. And, and that's a really yeah. easy blanket answer. And it's probably not fair when but at the same time, it's sort of true, and it's proved to be true for yeah. generations. You're never going to be ready. Right. So is, is this something you actually want to do or not? And if it's not, then yeah. make it be about that. But what China's – what they're doing here is the first couple years of marriage are very tough financially. Right. You're talking about babysitters. You're talking about I'm in that career spot, and I'm in law school, and I don't want to give it up. Right. But we have kids now, and somebody has to stay home because daycare is too expensive. What you do when you have this type of marriage where you're not living together is you have built-in babysitters. You right. have almost this help system and this support system, Yeah, which is interesting because you remember the first couple of years of marriage. You can laugh about it. I, yeah. it's, it's insane how we made it. Well, you, when you say – so mar- the first couple of years of marriage was easy. It was the first couple of years of kids. Sure. I guess I should be more specific. Yeah. Yes. When you get the kids, it's like how do we even survive? I, I, and so what they're doing now is they're evolving. So that's what I'm saying. Either the economy has yeah. to evolve, the society and cultural norms have to evolve. And how do you get that? You start showing that kind of stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. I look at some of these shows like Modern Family. Right. And yes, they do have, you know, the nuclear family, but every single episode, the grandparents are there. Right. The the uncles are there. Right. Everyone's taking care of everybody. And and if you looked at that and you know, from a different no planet and you're like wow this is mm-hmm. how families operate every single day they're in each other's lives right. well no that's not really how it is mm-hmm. but it's becoming more so that because everybody has to pitch in because as opportunities arise so do wages so and and, and as i'm listening i've i've always been i guess i've always sort of been an old man you're an old soul i'm an old soul and so i uh, uh old-fashioned things work for me um and so it is a little disconcerting that we, we now have a, a, a generation or two who place higher value on profitability and higher uh, value on freedom and than they do on leaving a legacy to spouse and children and family. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about the show Friends. And I was in high school, college when it came out, and it drastically changed the way me and my friends interacted with each other. It was the first show that sort of glamorized the 20s. We're hanging out with our buddies, and we're doing our thing, and, and we're sharing life. And think about how, the, how the, 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 the series ended. Somebody got married. They had a kid. Show's over. 
It does. It's it's the the fairy tale's done. Right. And, and and that's a negative thing. Right. And I don't I don't I I'd never thought about it until just now as you were talking, but there is sort of this idea of game over. Mm-hmm. Once you get married, I have to compromise or I have to s- settle. And I've never felt that way about being married. Well, I think once you're in it, you realize, oh, this is a different game now. And this game's way more fun. Yeah, and, and maybe I, I wish pop culture communicated that. Because well, it doesn't sell as well, bud. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I never regretted. I never, I've never regretted getting married and right. having kids. But I know there are other people who look at me and say, oh, you have to be home at 530. I thought we were going to go out and have drinks. I'm like, well, we did have some drinks, but I've got responsibilities. Yeah. And they see the responsibility as a negative. And I see it as a positive. I'm sharing my life with, with the people I love and, and creating a legacy. Um, but I am, it is a scary idea, like this, 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 this sort of separate marriage. And now we're asking grandma and grandpa to help raise our children because the, the actual mother and father can't make a go at it in a culture, in a, in a society, in an, in an economy, because things are happening so fast. It's hard, but can you blame them? Yeah, I... As parents, yeah. can you blame them? Because what they're trying to do is provide for themselves and provide for their kids. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Like, I know you're not grandpa yet, mm-hmm. but you tell me that grandparents don't want to be involved in helping. Like, that's... Yeah, so but you, so I, I, we, we do have grandparents, my, my kids' grandparents, who like to be involved, um, but they would not want to raise my children. No, and I'm not... I, you know, they're not, not involved at all, but right. they're the safety net. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I mean, grandparents, I, I already look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And, and just this weird way of like, you know, what I see with my parents, mm-hmm. right, with my kids. Right. I mean, they would be here in, in an instant if I said I needed them for them, mm-hmm. you know. And they get, to, they get to now, right, there's this idea also that once you retire, life is done. Mm-hmm. And you wither away. What that, what's yeah. that importance? You get brought back in the fold again. It's a new, and it's a new game. New chapter. Yeah. Wait a minute, you're not done. Right. You get to come back around. Mm-hmm. And, and for some, it sounds great. For some, it sounds terrible. They want to enjoy it. But this as an option is interesting, and it'll be interesting to see what takes place. Does this catch on in other areas around the world? Because yeah. culture is contagious. Yeah, it is. And th- this is going to be an interesting one to watch, because prior to you and I having this, this initial conversation about, hey, what, what could we talk about next, next podcast? Um, I, 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 I knew this whole marriage thing was a, a theme globally, but as you and I have researched and talked about it, as an old-fashioned guy, it's, it's a bit concerning uh, because we are moving away from things that used to be universal, marriage, children, family, legacy, and now we're looking more at mobility, success, freedom, options, and when I try to say marriage works for me, family works for me, and, and the guy looks at me and says, well, I've got a beach house. Right. <laughs> I've, I, I can go to Italy anytime I want. Well, and what's as a historian, like as you see this, you hold on to those ideas. Mm-hmm. But, you know, unfortunately, that harsh reality is you're not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. So with that, those ideas die. Mm-hmm. And, and those people that in, engaged in this type of society for the first time are now going to be the dominant idea. And this yeah. is how society evolves. 
Yeah, now, I, evolves maybe better for worse. It, mm-hmm. it is what it is, and everyone thinks that their way of doing things is the best way of it, doing it, things. My way is the of best way. Of course. Yeah. So this plays out that way. Mm-hmm. But there's way more here, and we're going to have to get into it yeah. you know, in some future episodes. But um, super awesome, fun conversation it to is. start. It is. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's thi- messy. It's, it's, thic- it's, it's also thicker than you thought. Yeah, like, like mud. Yeah. Indeed. Well, before we go, why don't you hit them with some words of yeah, wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, this comes to us from uh, Cornell, Cornell West. Too many young folk have addictions to superficial things and not enough conviction for substantial things like justice, truth, and love. And I know he's more of kind of a social justice guy. Um, he sounds like your kind of cat. Have you ever seen him? I have. Okay, I, I, I think he's got great style. I love his passion. He's got a great look. He does. Yeah. And, and when that man walks into a room, you know he's got something to say. Whether you agree or not, you want to be at, at the feet listening to him. But I do agree. I think that the younger generation has looked at us older guys and said, I don't want what you're selling. Yep. So I'm going to make a new game. But I'm going to make a new game. But if again, if you don't sit at the feet of, of old, wise people, uh, your vision becomes very short-sighted. Yep. And I think maybe that's the, 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 the bit that's making me a little concerned. But I hope we get a chance to sort of unpack things like this uh, in the next couple, uh, next couple weeks. Yeah, we will, absolutely. Guys, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, remember to follow us on Instagram at The Common Counterpart. Uh, podcasts obviously available on Apple, Spotify. Make yeah. sure you subscribe. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know how we're yeah, doing. Yeah, please, leave us a review. Some of you guys said some really nice things. We appreciate that. Yep, and we will be back next week for another awesome episode. Looking forward to it. See you guys. See you.